and uh, I'm thankful for that song that uh, we don't deserve what Jesus did for us. That's for certain. That's for certain. Hebrews chapter 11 is where we're going to be tonight. Hebrews 11. And uh, as you're turning there, if you're physically able to, uh, join me in standing for the reading of God's word. Hebrews chapter 11. <coughs> we're going to read uh, verses 8 through 10. Uh, 8 through 10. Verse 8 of Hebrews 11 says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should receive after, should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Lord, we thank you again for all that you've done already in this um, place. And I do pray, Lord, now you'd bless the, the preaching of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. So a few weeks ago, we started this series called Living by Faith. Uh, and the idea here was to find out who is in the grandstands, who is in the uh, so great a cloud of witnesses that the writer of Hebrews mentions in chapter 12, verse number 1. And uh, as he says that, he's referring to these uh, Old Testament saints who lived by faith in, uh, <clears throat> in God uh, and pleased him in a great way because of their actions. And uh, if we are going to live by faith in our lives, we too must make decisions based upon the character of God and what he has declared to us in his word. So far, we have studied three men who, who lived by faith. Abel uh, showed us how to worship God the right way. And it, by the way, is God's way, not our own way, because uh, that was Cain's big problem. Remember, he tried to worship God his own way and come to God on his own terms. Uh, but, uh, but God is not Burger King, okay? Uh, we don't, you know, Burger King, it's have it your way. Um, actually, no, he's the king, have it his way. And uh, that's what we learned in the, uh, the, when we uh, looked at uh, verse number four. Verse five talked about Enoch. And uh, how he was not, he was one of only two men in the Bible who never experienced death. Both of them, just a reminder, uh, their names begin with the letter E. And so I think because of that, I also uh, am going to be raptured uh, because my name also starts with E. But Enoch and Elijah both uh, did not experience death. And the reason that Enoch didn't, um, well, one of the reasons is because he walked with God and he pleased God. And uh, we, we spent some time talking about Enoch. Then last time we uh, were in this uh, chapter, we uh, looked in verse number 7, and uh, where we talked about Noah, and uh, we saw Noah and his motivation and how he was motivated by the Word of God, which of course should be the motivation for all of us as well. And uh, we, he was also, uh, we, we looked at his ministry and how he prepared an ark, but then he also uh, preached the truth, if you remember that, and he, he was, as maybe the world would, would think or Christianity would think, pretty unsuccessful. I mean, you know, he only had eight different converts in his whole ministry of preaching. But boy, those eight were so precious to him, and I'm so glad, and I'm sure he is, was so glad that those, uh, those eight were uh, part of it. And so we had, um, 
And then we saw his miracle and how the Lord did deliver him uh, through that ark. And, of course, the miracle uh, that uh, God had for us and uh, providing a way of salvation for us through the uh, precious blood of Christ, which, we, uh, which the Rupals sang so beautifully just a few minutes ago. Now, tonight, we come to the fourth example, the fourth uh, person in this cloud of witnesses, and his name is Abraham. And uh, the writer of Hebrews actually dedicates more space and uh, content to Abraham than he does any of the other uh, Old Testament saints who live by faith. Um, And so instead of trying to cover all of it in one message, I I think we're going to split it up into probably three messages. Uh, You're welcome, uh, because otherwise it would be a lengthy sermon tonight. So... For sake of time, I wanted to uh, cut it in, uh, and break it up a little bit. So uh, tonight, let's go ahead and dive into uh, to Abraham and, and what he did by faith. First of all, we see in this passage, verses, in verse number 8, we see that Abraham was called to forsake. Uh, he was called to forsake. Verse number 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance... He obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. And if you would kind of hold your place here in Hebrews 11 and go back to Genesis chapter 12, and this is the, uh, this is the original record of what happened there with Abraham. Genesis chapter number 12, and once you find that, if you uh, look back actually uh, to chapter 11, verse 31, just kind of two verses before 12, chapter 12 starts. It says, uh, Terah took Abraham, Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan, and they came to uh, Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. And then let's pick it up in chapter 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed." And so Abraham was called to forsake uh, all that was comfortable, all that was familiar, all that was uh, convenient for him, and he was willing to do so. Now, I, because he was willing to do so, I definitely question whether or not he was a Baptist, uh, because we Baptists don't like change very much, do we? Uh, you probably have heard the joke about how many Baptists does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer is change. We don't do change. Uh, the light bulb is going to stay just the way it is. Thank you very much. Okay. Now, uh, we see many in the Word of God who uh, forsook things as well. Um, I think a couple instances of the disciples and when Jesus came along and called them to forsake what, whatever they were doing. Uh, I think of Peter and Andrew who left their fishing boat and their father in order to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Then in Luke chapter 5, and you don't have to turn there, but in verse 27 it says this, After these things, Jesus went, he, Jesus, went forth, saw a publican named Levi. Uh, what's Levi's other name? Does anybody know? 
Did somebody say Matthew? If you did, you said it correctly. Um, so, uh, named Levi, and he was sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said unto him, follow me. So here Matthew is, he's at work doing his job. Wasn't a very popular job among the people, but it was a job, and it was what he was doing. And uh, all of a sudden, the Lord Jesus comes by, and he said to Matthew or Levi, follow me. And here's what the next verse says. It's not very many words in this verse, but the, uh, the amount of uh, decision that took place there is huge. Uh, the next verse says, and he left all, rose up, and followed him. Now, can you imagine you're at work one day doing what you do and doing it well, and all of a sudden the Lord Jesus comes by and says, hey, follow me. And you go, all right. I'll just stand up, leave everything just as it is, and start following him. And that's exactly what Matthew was willing to do. And uh, that also was what, will, what Abraham was willing to do. He was uh, willing to leave everything that was comfortable to him, everything that was familiar to him. Paul also left his life's work and agenda to follow the Lord after he became a Christian. Remember, his whole purpose in life was to... Uh, persecute Christians and to make sure that to silence Christians. Uh, maybe he was uh, part of American 2021 politics. I don't know. Uh, but his whole agenda was to silence Christians. And then after becoming a Christian, uh, he left all of that in order to follow the Lord. And uh, Abraham was willing to do the same thing. He had to leave his mama. He had to leave his Dad, he had to leave everybody that he was close to in order to follow the Lord. Now, the question for us tonight is, what is God calling you to forsake in order to fully follow the Lord? And what is he calling you to let go in order for you to fully follow the Lord? A lot of times we'll say, hey, Lord, I'll follow you as long as I can continue holding on to this aspect of my life. Because... I can have this, and I can have you. Uh, the Lord says sometimes, no, 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 you've got to let everything go and follow me. By the way, the Lord Jesus was willing to forsake some things in order to save you and me, didn't he? Uh, he forsook his uh, time in heaven, and uh, he came to this dusty, dirty, sinful earth and uh, became a human man in order to save you and, for, and, and me. He was willing to forsake some things as well. Okay, back to Abraham here. He was willing to forsake. And a couple aspects about his obedience that I want to uh, focus on here. First of all, his obedience was rapid. In uh, Genesis 12, I read verses 1, and th 1 through 3, but then I, I didn't read verse number 4. It si simply says this, So Abram departed. As the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. So he was willing to leave, and he did it rapidly. There was really no hesitation. At least the Bible doesn't make any type of indication that there was, you know, going back and forth and weighing the pros and cons, and, you know, hey, should I really follow the Lord? Or, I mean, what's that going to cost me? There was, it was just a rapid response. And uh, it makes me remember 
the fact is, in our home, we've said this many times, and perhaps you parents have said it too, delayed obedience is in fact disobedience. And uh, he was willing to obey, and he did it rapidly. It wasn't like he had to sit on it and think about it for a couple years before he decided to move on the decision that uh, he was supposed to make. So here's the question for us. Has God been calling you to do something? Uh, maybe it's getting saved. Uh, maybe the Lord is, uh, you, he, he's been pinpointing in your heart that you are not a Christian and you need to get that settled. Uh, maybe you are a Christian and you haven't been baptized. Maybe he's been speaking to you about giving to the Lord's work. Maybe he's been leading you to witness to a friend, a neighbor, or a family member. Maybe it's about removing an influence in your life. Maybe it's about a relationship that you need to sever. Uh, what, what, what is it tonight that God has been calling you to do? Can I encourage you to follow the example of Abraham and obey rapidly? To obey right away? Stop putting this off? Because procrastination in the Christian life is only going to hurt you. Uh, Abraham was willing to uh, follow and obey rapidly. But I want us to see, secondly here, his obedience wasn't just rapid, it was also reliant. You see, he was relying on the Lord to see him through, and he totally trusted him. Back in Hebrews 11, here's what, this is, this is kind of amazing to me, and I mean, wow. Uh, chapter 11, verse number uh, 8. It says, By faith Abraham, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, here it is, he obeyed and he went out. And then notice this, not knowing whither he went. The Lord said, hey, you go out and I'm going to lead you to a place. I'm not going to tell you where it is. How many of you been, would be willing to do that? I, uh, we've moved uh, a few times in our marriage. We were in uh, Southern California for a while, but then when the Lord was leading us to move up to Montana, you know what we did? We were Googling Montana stuff, right? We were trying to research where we were headed, and uh, we were looking at, you know, okay, we're going to be moving to Helena, you know, what's the, uh, what, what's the demographics there, and what's, what's around there, what, what's some fun things to do with the children, and oh, it's the capital city, and we were, we were just learning about Helena, because that's where we were headed, and then we were there for a few years, and then the Lord called us to move here to Oklahoma, and so you know what we did, we began to Google, and we began to research uh, more Oklahoma, and we saw, you know, all these news articles from all these tornadoes that came through, and we're like, I'm sure you're calling us here, Lord. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they have some good restaurants here, so I'm thankful that the Lord did bring us, not to mention a pretty wonderful church family that uh, we, got to be, we get to be a part of as well. Um, and, of course, it was the Lord leading, and there's no question, and we, there was no hesitation after we knew that it was for sure the Lord was leading. Um, it's not like Abraham, though, could do the same thing. The Lord said, hey, you need to follow me. And he's like, where are we going? And he's like, don't worry about it. Just follow me. 
So he didn't have the opportunity to get on his smartphone and say, okay, well, where are we headed? What is the, you know, what kind of fruits can you grow there? What kind of, how is that going to be good for our, our, our flocks? And, uh, you know, what, what's this going to be like? All he had was the word of God. That's all he had. That, hey, God says, I'm going to lead you, and that's enough. You just simply need to follow. And his obedience was reliant. I'll, I'll often ask Julie, as we uh, make decisions, I'll say, hey, do you trust me? And then uh, she'll always respond with, she's learned to respond with this, trust you to what? <laughs> I do trust you, but what do you, what do you mean by that, you know? Um, meaning, I'm not sure I trust you to do what's best in this situation. And the truth is, I haven't always made the right decision in every situation we've been in. I, that's, that's true. So I can understand her hesitancy to trust me, uh, but in fact, I don't even trust me either, actually, <laughs> at times. Now, uh, what I, what I want to do tonight is kind of uh, something a little different. This isn't exactly a preaching, preaching, but uh, I want to uh, do a little illustration with you to show you what I mean by uh, trusting and obedience in, uh, in the fact that obedience should be reliant upon our Heavenly Father. So, Luke, go ahead and come on up here. And, Seth, if you can help me, too. Um, I want you to get this kid, uh, maybe take him over there real quick and uh, get him blindfolded, and I'll have you come on in in just a moment. By the way, I need you to take off your shoes when you're, when you're, when you're out there. Brother Blake, if you can help me, too. Go ahead and close that door. Okay. Don't say it too loud, but we've got some rat traps here, okay? And uh, these are all set. Um, and I could show you, but I'd rather not uh, right now. We're going to go ahead and put these around, maybe a couple on the platform and a couple down there, uh, maybe in the center there. There we go. Be careful. He's not going to have any shoes on. Here's another one. Yeah, wherever. <laughs> Told you, they're set. You could probably reset that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Kaylin just jumped uh, a couple miles in the air on that one. Okay, Luke, go ahead and come on in. Okay, can you see anything? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. You can hear me, okay, good. Well, I just want to make sure you can't, you can't see, because Abram, he had no idea where the Lord was leading him. So in a sense, he was blind, wasn't he? And uh, was there danger along the way? Yeah. There was some danger along the way, and there's some danger along the way here, isn't there? So just to let you know, there are uh, some things you don't really want to step on here that are actually dangerous. Yeah, so, yeah, you did hear, you heard that snap, did you? Okay, good. <laughs> uh, it makes it a little bit more real for you, okay. Um, okay, so you're just going to have to listen carefully to what I say. You good with that? Okay. Do you trust me? Okay, you really kind of have no other choice now, don't you? Yeah. 
Yeah, because no one else is going to be giving you signals. Okay. I want you to take a couple steps forward. Two. Two. One. Two. Maybe uh, take another two. Small ones like that. There we go. Okay, now I want you to take a little step to the right. Yes. Do you know what? what there you go. Perfect. Okay. Go ahead and step forward. Yeah, you can keep taking maybe three steps. Oh, he just passed. He just passed some danger. Okay, go ahead and take uh, three steps forward. Okay. Now, uh, turn your body this way. There we go. Okay. Do you trust me? Because do you know that I love you? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> he didn't sound real confident in that, did he? <laughs> The truth is, but I do love you. I'm your dad, and I care about you. Okay? So go ahead and take four steps forward. Okay, you're going to have to veer to the left a little bit. There you go. There you go. And maybe two more steps. Okay? And uh, I'm going to make sure that I'm safe, too. <laughs> go ahead and take a couple more steps forward. Okay, how about three more steps? Okay, now turn to your left, which is this way. Okay, go ahead and take three more steps forward. Okay, and uh, you're going to get a blessing along the way, and that is a nice hug from your mama. Okay, so there you go. Hey, do I have your best in mind? I think so. Yes, okay. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. Okay, we're going to come back here. We're going to go ahead and go on the platform here, so you're going to have to listen very carefully on this one. Go ahead and uh, shift to your left uh, one step. Yeah, maybe one more step, just for fun. Okay, go ahead and uh, come toward me. Uh, just keep walking forward. Okay, shift a little bit to the left. Okay, walk forward. You're doing great. You're doing great. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. You're doing great. Keep coming. Keep coming. You're getting close to a step. Keep coming. Okay, stop right there. Go ahead and uh, put your foot up. There you go. You got it. Okay, you got it. Okay, whoa, 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 before you take this next step. Okay, with your left leg, you're going to have to go kind of to your left. Where, which way is your left? Yes, okay. So kind of take a, take a step that direction, okay? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Now go ahead and take your left foot and put it back up and put it on the next step. <laughs> okay, shift your right foot to the left. No, yeah, to the left. Your right foot to the left. This foot here. There we go. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, take a step toward me. Okay, you're doing good. Take another step toward me. Okay, now you're going to turn to the left. i got to kind of remember where everything is here. Okay, and you're going to take uh, four large steps toward me. Good job. Okay. And you're going to turn. 
I'm going to go ahead and just turn you here. Okay. And uh, you're going to take a little baby step forward. Okay, now rotate a little bit to the left. There you go. Now take a step forward. There you go. And your next step is going to have a step going down. Okay? So you can kind of just do that carefully and gently. Do you feel it? Okay. Go ahead, go ahead and walk down. And when you get to this bottom step, stop there. Okay? Now go ahead and don't take a big step down. Uh, don't take a far step. Just right, right away uh, after the step, put your foot down. There you go. Good job. Okay. And you're going to, now you're going to turn towards me this way. And you're going to go ahead and take two steps forward. And then maybe two more steps. Okay. And let's go ahead and take the blindfold off. Yeah, I knew they were. <laughs> Those things. I just didn't know where they were. <laughs> but they were all there. And they're all legit. They're all legit. Um, see? What would have happened if we did that? <laughs> see? They're all, they were all set. You would have been taking these off. <laughs> <laughs> but look, look, Luke. Did I lead you astray? Uh, no. I did not lead you astray. Did I lead you into a place where you were put into danger? I mean, they were, there was danger around, but did I protect you along the way? Yes. As long as you listened to what I had to say, you were safe, right? Yes. And did what I had to say. Then you were safe. Yes. And you had nothing to fear. Were you a little afraid? Yes. Okay. <laughs> But as long as you did what I said, you were going to be okay. Let's, uh, let's give him a round of applause. And uh, he can get his shoes on, and i got to kind of be careful as I move around up here. Uh, do, you, do you get the illustration tonight? Because, see, Abraham, Abraham, he followed the Lord, and as he did, he was continuing to depend upon the Lord. And as long as he followed God, he was fine. And as long as you are following God and listening to his voice and obeying his voice, then all is well. And you really have nothing to fear. Now, I know that he was a little nervous <clears throat> because I'm a human father. And am I perfect? No. But God is the perfect heavenly father who will never put us in a spot that uh, he doesn't want us to be, and that, that, that's not within the will of God for us. And so we need to continue to depend upon him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Uh, most of us know this, or maybe even have it somewhere in our house. And uh, we're familiar with this verse. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That's a beautiful, those are beautiful words, right? But this, this next part of the verse is a little harder to do. And that's lean not unto thine own understanding. We kind of, I'm sure there was probably times, Luke, that you were thinking, I don't know, I, I, I'm kind of disorientated right now, and I, I just don't think I should really take that step forward, like he's saying. And uh, sometimes in our life, we can get disorientated, 
and we, we're, we're not sure which direction we should go, and we, the Lord is directing us a certain way, and we're going, I just don't feel like that's the right move. But if God's the one calling us to make that move, it's the right move. And uh, we need to trust him because he's a good heavenly father who loves us and who wants to guide us in the right path. Uh, but too often we uh, depend upon ourselves. In all thy ways acknowledge him, Solomon said, and he shall direct thy paths. So Abraham gives us a tremendous example of someone who was relying upon the Lord as he called him to go, and in a sense, Abraham was blind. He really had no idea where he was going, but hey, as long as the Lord was directing him, all was well. And uh, as long as the Lord is leading you, all is well too. So Abraham, he was called to forsake. What is God calling you to forsake tonight? Are you willing to be obedient rapidly? Or are you putting it off and putting it off until you get, you know, 800 verses in the Bible that say that you should do this. Uh, follow the Lord, and uh, you will not regret the decision to do so. And then as you do, just keep relying upon Him to see you through. And then secondly, let's notice uh, number two tonight, Abraham continued to follow. Verse number nine, back in Hebrews chapter 11, and verse number nine, says this, by faith, he, Abraham, sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. See, he continued to follow even when the promise was taking a while to arrive. Uh, he never actually did get to see some of the promises that God had, uh, had for him back in Genesis chapter 12. In uh, verse number 2 of Genesis 12, it says, I will make of thee a great nation, will bless thee, make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. He didn't get to see some of these things really come to pass in his lifetime. And yet he continued to follow, he continued to sojourn in that land. And the Bible says, uh, uh, in a, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles. So do you know what Abraham did? And not only Abraham, but also Jacob and Isaac and Jacob, his son and grandson, they did this too. They just kind of hung out in that land, dwelling in tabernacles, dwelling in tents. So basically, they were camping for the rest of their life. Now, uh, my, my family and I, when we got to Montana, we thought, okay, well, we really need to spend some family time. It's been a busy season getting up here, so we're going to go camping. And we went camping for one night. And it was the longest night ever. Okay, uh, we had uh, we have four kids, and you know it took them all a while to fall asleep. And I didn't, you know, I kind of have my little creature habits that I have now, and and it took me forever and a day to fall asleep. And we it was cold and uh, up in Montana in September, and it's like, why did we choose to do it now? And and uh, we didn't we we had we had chili the night before. That was a mistake. Um, <laughs> Uh, it was just all kinds of things, and I cannot, I, so one night was like, hey, that was fun, let's go home, let's go have our comfort food again, uh, let's go to, we, we went to Wendy's right away, and we got there at, like, they open at 10.30, we got there at 10.15 or whatever, we're like, oh man, they're not open yet, we'll just sit in the parking lot, wait for them to open. <laughs> 
We just couldn't wait to have some regular food again. Uh, not that Wendy's is regular food, but uh, in our minds it was at that point. Camping is not my favorite thing to do in the whole wide world. And yet Abraham and Isaac and Jacob were all, that's what they did. They camped uh, for the rest of their lives. And uh, they were willing to do that. They were willing to continue to follow. Abraham was, even when it wasn't convenient, even when it, it you know, he, he, he thought, okay, I'm following, Lord. Where's the promise? You know, when are you, you going to, like, poof, make it all happen, and I'm going to see everything that you promised? You know, patience isn't something that most of us enjoy, uh, but it is a part of life. James 1 and verse, verse 2 and 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Uh, we don't like when God says, Hey, I want you to obey right away. But then I get to take my time on fulfilling the promises that I have for you. We sometimes think that it's not fair. But the truth is, God is God, we're not. And uh, his ways are not our ways, and, and uh, he is not respond- he, he doesn't owe us a certain timetable that he expects from us. Um, he, he works in a different timing than us. Um, remember, as a, a, a day is like, or a thousand years is a day in the, in, in, in the Lord's uh, timetable, uh, he, he, he doesn't work in the same parameter of time that you and I do. And so the promises of God sometimes seem to take forever to get here, uh, but he still expects us to follow and to follow right away. Think about David, who was anointed to be the next king of Israel, and he was anointed around age 15. Do we have any 15-year-olds in the house tonight? Almost 15-year-olds? Okay, yes, Luke. Okay. So uh, imagine Luke being anointed king. That's what, how old David was-ish when he was anointed to be the next king of Israel. And so he's like, I'm going to be the next king. You know, this is exciting. Well, do you realize that he wasn't actually, he didn't actually become king until he was 30 years old? So for 15 years, he had to wait before that promise was fulfilled. It took around 4,000 years for God to send Jesus Christ, the seed of the woman, after he made that promise to the serpent in the Garden of Eden. 4,000 years in the making uh, was Jesus being born in Bethlehem. And uh, living a perfect and sinless life, dying on the cross. That was 4,000 years that uh, the world had to wait. So if the Lord hasn't answered his prayer in your life, please don't give up. David, who again knew what it was like to wait, said this in Psalm 27 and verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. And then he kind of repeats it again. Wait, I say. On the Lord. So if there's something you've been praying for, maybe a loved one to get saved, maybe uh, a health issue to be resolved, maybe a relationship to be mended, uh, whatever the prayer request in your life is, just keep waiting on the Lord and be of good courage, and then He'll strengthen your heart. Psalm 62, verse 5, my soul, uh, David is saying, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. 
And uh, Abraham continued to sojourn. He didn't quit. He didn't say, you know what? This dumb promise, it's never going to happen. I'm going back. I'm going back to my family. This is dumb. Why am I following the Lord when this, this obviously is never going to happen? So this is such a stinking waste of time. I'm over this camping life. And it wasn't even glamping back then either, just so you all know. Okay, I'm over this. I give up. Abraham probably, there was moments, at least if I was Abraham, I would have been tempted to just throw in the towel, but not Abraham. He continued to follow, even though the promise didn't be fulfilled. And so I would encourage us to keep following and keep waiting on the Lord and keep trusting that the promise will be fulfilled. So Abraham continued to follow. Number three, Abraham concentrated on the future. Verse number 10. He looked, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He said, I, I'm not really interested in like, I mean, sure, it'd be nice to have a place that we can really settle, settle down in, but, but actually, I'm not really concerned about that. I'm more concerned about what lies beyond this life. If you would turn to Hebrews chapter number 12, right, we're in Hebrews 11, if you just turn over to chapter 12 here, and uh, look at verse number 22, <clears throat> 12:22 says, But ye are come unto a Mount Sion, and unto the city of the living God, and the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. So here is, as the writer of Hebrews mentions this in verse number a 10, he looked for a city which hath foundations. He's not just talking about a, a physical city here on earth. He's talking about the city of God. He's talking about heaven. He's talking about the new Jerusalem. That's what he's talking about. And then Hebrews 13, if you turn over one more page and uh, look in verse number 14. Hebrews 13, 14. Here the writer of Hebrews says, For here... We have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. So in other words, we're looking, this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. The problem is some of us do feel pretty much at home here. Uh, we've uh, built built our homes, we've, we've built our lives here, and we, we put so much into this life here on this earth, but at most it's going to be, let's say it's a hundred years. I was reading about uh, the, um, the, the gentleman in England that just passed away, Prince Philip, thank you, uh, lived to be 99, and uh, I read today that uh, he didn't want to make it to 100. <laughs> Okay, uh, he didn't. I guess he got his wish. Uh, but let's say you want to live to 100. Great, but what's after that? Eternity is after that. And so many people just live for this 100-year blip of time that, as the Bible says, is as a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. And uh, they think that this is all there is. Friend, this is not all there is. 
Let's get our eyes on the future like Abraham did. He concentrated on the future. He was looking for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Paul said in Philippians 3.20, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, we are already citizens of heaven if you are a believer tonight. Now, we're not residing in heaven yet, but one day we absolutely will. Um, in the last uh, couple months, Brother uh, and Mrs. Rupel have been on a uh, searching for a home. And uh, since we get to, I get to work with them closely, I've been kind of walking through it with them a little bit and, and uh, experiencing the highs and the lows, more lows than highs, uh, as they've gone through it. Uh, but what happens invariably, and it's happened a few times, they, they see a house that they really like, they go ahead and place an offer on it, and then they begin talking about how this house, they're going to make this house work, the things that they're going to do to this house. And then a few days later, they find out that the house falls through. They accepted somebody else's offer. And, um, and I, my heart goes out to them, and, and keep praying for them if you would. They, they actually have a couple um, offers out there at the moment. I'm not sure what's going to end up happening with those, but a couple houses that they are excited about. Um, some, sometimes Blake is way more excited about the house than Kaylin is, and sometimes Kaylin's way more excited about it than Blake is, and it's just been kind of fun walking through it with them. As I was thinking about that, you know, they're, they're, they're looking to the future, and uh, they have a home that they really like, and they're looking forward to being a part of it, and then it, and then it falls through at the last second. second. How discouraging is that? I got to think about that as Christians. You know, as we think to this city, like Abraham was looking for that city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God, and he gets excited about what lies beyond this life, guess what? It will never fall through. If you are a believer, my friend, there's going to be no other offer that's going to be accepted. Uh, this is a guarantee, it's a promise of God that we are going to be there, and so it's okay for us to get excited about going there. It's okay for us to start planning uh, and uh, preparing for uh, that time. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And then he says in verse 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, God has given to us all things richly to enjoy, and I'm thankful for the many material blessings that God gives us in this life. But if that's where our focus is, uh, we're going uh, to be missing out because I'm telling you what, one day those uh, those material blessings will all burn up. I mean, uh, Brother Chuck and I were talking about my motorcycle a little bit, and I, I do enjoy having a motorcycle, but one day that thing's going to go up in fervent heat. My wife's going to be cheering when that happens, probably. <laughs> uh, but you, you put your, 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 so much time and energy into making your house just the way you like it. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But if that's where our only focus is and not even ever preparing for, our, for what lies beyond this life and our future home, uh, you're, you're missing out. 
Look, there is a mansion just over the hilltop, and it's waiting there for me. And, and if you're saved, it's waiting there for you too. And uh, it's a guarantee from the Heavenly Father. So, as we've studied uh, these verses, and I didn't go into all the detail I sure could have in these particular verses, and going back to the original uh, record of, of what happened with Abraham, just some lessons that we can learn tonight. Very, very quickly, first of all, be willing to forsake your comfort zone. Abraham was in a comfort zone when God called him to forsake it. Are you willing to forsake your comfort zone? I know all of us love our comfort. I do. I like my comfortable bed. I like my house at a certain temperature. <coughs> 70 degrees. Amen. Anything warmer is just simply too hot. And uh, I like certain, I like to have a gallon, at least a gallon of milk in my refrigerator at all times because I'm a milk drinker. I like to have pickles in my refrigerator at all times. Um, I like to have certain comforts, but am I willing to leave some of those in order to follow the Lord? Are you? Great question for us to consider tonight. Then, another lesson is to keep following the Lord, even if it is taking God, in our mind, a long time to fulfill His promises. It's not taking God a long time because He's never late, He's never early, He's always right on time. He's always on His time. But let's keep following and not get impatient. And then... Let's concentrate on the future because it's as good as done, the fact that we're going to heaven. So let's live like we are going to heaven. Uh, we should have joy in our hearts because, you know what, it doesn't matter what happens in this life because, hey, I'm guaranteed an eternity in a place called heaven. So this little trial that I'm dealing with is, as Paul said to the Corinthians, it's, it's a light affliction. It's not... It's not this heavy thing. Now, again, I don't want to minimize what you're going through, but uh, when you put it in the grand scheme of things, it's a light affliction. And so instead of being overcome and overwhelmed by it, uh, let's remember that, hey, one day I'm going to be in heaven, and this is all going to be worth it all when we see Jesus.